This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. And yes, normally this is the time we do the three amigos, but we just couldn't make uh, you know make the times work for all three of us today. So Dion and I are getting together. How you doing, buddy? Howdy. Ready for round two? Awesome. So uh, what I want to talk about here is I was thinking about my book, One Rental at a Time, right? The first section where I kind of write my 15-year journey. And really, it's about the stages. And I want to kind of peel your story back, right? Because people know where you started, $89,000 in debt, three kids. Work is completely optional. I'm guessing you had some stages. And just to remind you what mine were, and maybe we can break yours down similarly, right? Phase, I call them phase ones. I guess I should have called them phases, uh, right? Jump into the game. Then it was do my homework or do your homework, real estate crash, and then hit the pause button. So when we talk about your story, Dion, what, what would you call that first phase? You just, you're divorced, I think for the second time. Uh, you're in your house, I think still, you have three, um, three children and you're like 89 grand in debt. I think you're making 17 bucks an hour. What, what is that? What's that first phase like? So I would like to start with phase zero. Okay. This is the phase I think all of us have. And, and we live it through school, through college, through work, through credit cards, where we haven't looked at our finances at all. Oh, I made okay. it to 40 without ever having $1,000 in the bank. And a lot of people kind of live their life that way. They're not yeah. thinking assets. They're not thinking liabilities. They're just thinking, make money and pay for my bills next month. So phase zero is where I think all of us start. Okay. You were there, you mm-hmm. were working Absolutely. all the time and, and you, you know, you, you, at some point you said, I'm going to go into stocks. Yeah, I did. Works out yeah. great. And um, then it did. And, and I had a couple of marriages. I call those practice runs. <laughs> <laughs> and I found out about the $89,000 in debt in my name. I didn't know about until the divorce. And really my, what got me into phase one of get into the game was getting laid off from the police department. You know, after after Desert Storm, the Marine Corps downsized. And it's funny that we're doing this today on Veterans Day. So thank you, all the veterans out there. Yes, thank you, all the veterans. Um, so I kind of get pushed out of the Marines because they're downsizing after the, the war. And then the police department downsizes. They shrink because of the recession because municipalities make profit from or make money from taxes. And when nobody's making money, there's mm-hmm. no taxes. Right. After the police department, I went to work for a trucking company and doubled my income. I was making $114,000 a year as, as an entry-level driver at this company. And they went on strike because those drivers didn't think that was enough money. Oh, wow. So I went to a CDL school to become an instructor just to, to fill in the gap while I waited for that company to come off strike, which I never went back to them. Um, so yeah, I was making $17 an hour. And I thought my source of income keeps being taken away due to things outside of my control. How can I take control of my income? Okay. So it wasn't even really make work optional. It was have income that didn't rely on someone else hiring me. Right. Okay. I like that. And where, where did that come from? Just a little bit of desperation, a little bit of, I, I, I can't keep let this happen again. What was that like? It was definitely desperation. Okay. I mean, yeah. um, I, I remember saying to my kids many times, I'm the kind of person who's going to work until they die. Like yeah. there, there is no option. I have all this debt, making this much money. I have three kids to raise. Um, luckily, my, my, my son who went to college 
um, who then became a truck driver because he can actually make money doing that, uh, got scholarships. And he didn't really go, you know, I didn't, it cost me maybe $8,000 to his whole time through college. So it really was kind of good that way. Um, but I had some examples. This is where it really came from. I had okay. a friend who owned a Windermere office, a local real estate Windermere office, he had like 19 agents in there, 30 units himself, and hmm. basically was financially free. My brother was financially free, which I, and this was the eye opener. He ran a tree service. So he worked 10 to 15 hours a day running his own business. Okay. And he would buy rentals. He took out a home equity line of credit on his house, bought a falling apart mobile home on acreage in the middle of nowhere, but he had craftsman skills. He would fix that up and turn it into a nice rental, pay off the home equity line of credit and repeat. Mm. And so I thought he was insane. Mm. You're working 10 to 15 hours and then you're doing five hours a day on your rentals. And that's that, you know, you could die doing that. Yeah, exactly. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> and then he got to 10, all paid off and he shut down the tree service. And now for the last seven years, he has uh, side-by-sides, quads, sea-dews, travel all the time. I, I take every a month day off every day. Every day is Saturday. And I was like, oh, light bulb. Oh, that wasn't I a forever plan. Right. It was a for now plan to make later the way he wanted it to be. And I thought, okay, so what can I do? I don't have the, the equity to take out a home equity on the credit. I was on, upside down on my house. Bad debt to income ratio, low money. So that was phase one is opening the eyes and saying, I need to take control of my finances. So you, I, I love it. Cause I think, I, again, I think we did this with the Joe Rogan quiet desperation, step one, step zero. You, you got to own where you are. It's you are where you are and, and, and it's, it's choices and circumstances got you own it. And then once you own it, you actually have the power. You can make steps to get out of it. When you, when you don't own it and you choose to blame others, you don't have any power. You've given the power to other people. So I think step one, step zero for folks is, is or phase one is, is owning where you are and then finding your, what's your path, right? And I think that's genius. So, okay, so where do we go next? What's the next kind of big phase or step or whatever? So the next phase was realizing that I had to find a way around debt to income ratio, not okay. a lot of income. So I owned the house. I was able to keep the house and custody of the kids through the divorce. I moved into an apartment. So I made about a two-year plan to buy my next property. And again, so I think you, that's the hard you, yeah, you went backwards also, right? It's, it's amazing how many people that are my experts on this channel got uncomfortable, did something unexpected. Down, Anna Kelly lived in a big-ass Texas house, and she lived in a fourplex for several years to, to house hack so she could build the income snowball and buy the next thing. You get out of a house with three kids, go to a small apartment. Yeah. And it, it was a little bit rough. We went from a house that is four bedroom, two bath on a lake with boat access, mm -hmm. um, tennis courts, basketball courts. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's my closest to a class B property that I own yeah. um, into apartments. Yeah, and I've heard some investors say my family would never do that. Yeah. So one of the benefits of not having a spouse is I can kind of make the decision. Yeah, exactly. to my kids. And my youngest daughter got excited. There's some TV show at the time called The New Girl. So oh. her, whole, her whole goal was, I want to go someplace where I'm the new girl. I was like, oh, great. Let's move to an apartment. So the kids bought in really easy. Um, and some people that are living in a house, we get that hedonic treadmill. This is what we're used to. We can't step back. But how many millions of families live in apartments? Yeah. So we move into an apartment. No one died. Yeah. Rented out the house. Uh, first year was really bad. 
you know, I had, I had no education whatsoever. I hadn't found one rental at a time yet. I hadn't found bigger pockets yet. I was just, well, you rent out your house, right? I didn't know you needed a lease mm. and that you should screen your tenants and mm. that, you know, none of the rules applied to me because I thought I can just jump into real estate and it'll work course. out any education whatsoever. Um, once I started to educate myself, uh, the next 10 years went really well. I yeah. screen tenants, buy properties where, you know, it's attractive to the largest pool of people so that if there ever is a vacancy, I'll have more tenants. Um, I buy with specific strategies where uh, I limit tenant turnover because I have things tenants are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I invest in small multifamily. And it really was, I thought, a 10-year plan. I thought within, within 10 years, I'll be where I want to be. And really what happened then, just the idea and seeing the path to financial freedom I was less stressed about work. So I was actually oh, yeah. able to take a risk at my job where in the past I would have been like, oh, just because new owners came in, bought the school. And I thought, well, just, you know, previously I would have thought, keep your head down, do a good job. Just keep getting your paycheck. I had an idea. And since the job actually didn't matter, because I knew within 10 years, I'll make work optional no matter where I go to work. Nice. My income doesn't matter. I can go make more money driving a truck or I can work here at the school. That idea grew the school from six staff to 60, one location to we're opening up our fifth now. So I've been demoted down to the president of the company. They gave me 10% company ownership. So my work career skyrocketed because I was willing to take a risk at work because if I lost the job, I, I would be okay. Mm, that's awesome. All right. So um, kind of the next step, I think the next step is when did the when did the income snowball really hit you? You're like, wow, this is faster than I expected. Uh, six years. Okay, six okay. years is when the income snowball kicked in. So move into the apartment, two years later, buy a duplex, two years later, buy a duplex, two years later, buy a duplex. So I'm at the six-year mark. Yeah. So right now it feels like, hey, okay, every two years, the 10-year plan feels good. Yep, it's, it's starting to speed up. That last, that, you know, that last one was like a year and a half, not quite six years. So it's okay. shorter than two years. Right. Okay. And I, I looked at the math with the house rented out and the three duplexes. If I paid off the house, because this was that 2016, was. 17, mm-hmm. when you were allowed to have four, the, the right. bigger lenders were still saying that. So four, I, I had that conception. That's gone away. It's 10 now. You actually helped me change my mind from four to 10. Nice. Um, I, I looked at it. And if I paid off the house, the cash flow from that and the three duplexes was $100 more a month than I was making as a police officer take home. That's when my brain said, if I take the next two years from six years to eight years, Mm. and I just take all the cash flow and every penny from work and every overtime, I think I can get. And I started to make more than $17 an hour because my idea. Yeah. And I just funneled into that house. So I took that was like 17 years left remaining on that loan, paid it off in two years. So at the eight year mark, I had more money coming in from the income snowball from work that I didn't, or money that I didn't have to work for mm-hmm. more than I was making as a police officer. And I was now house hacking in a duplex. So I had no mortgage. And it was, it was like all of a sudden so like, we had money and we could do stuff. Uh, that's when it happened. So, so the six year mark. Okay. And then, you know, the final step is kind of where you are now, right? We're completely optional. You're still buying, you're still growing. Um, you know, what would you kind of call this now? Technical term. Sure. Insane. <laughs> Technical term. I, I can't wrap my head around the numbers that I talk now. My net worth oh, wow. um, about three months ago crossed the $2 million mark. So I'm now an officially a multimillionaire. Never thought I'd be the millionaire. Um, 
That's amazing. I save up a time in the market. Time in the market is better than yes. timing the market. Yes. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the time in the market, that would never would have happened. No, flow, no. Cool. And my W2 job is not making me a millionaire. No, no. But sorry. The no. tenants paying $3,000 a month off on the loans and the appreciation. And then luckily the appreciation in this last year, not counted on just, wow, that happened. Whoa. 16% yeah. in our area. Um, nothing else I could have done could have generated that amount of money other than actually winning the lottery, which I only bought lottery tickets when I was super poor. Exactly. Me too. I'm like, like, no, I work too much for this money. I'm not giving that to the state. It's a tax. Yeah. It it is a tax. It is a tax on people who make less money. Yes, it is. I think people that make more money don't tend to buy it. No. And and so the insanity now is trying to bring other people along, look and and saying, look, you know, um, a couple of years ago, I bought a brand new Corvette. Now I buy a brand new F-250 with every option you can imagine. And my assets are paying for this. It's not money coming out of my pocket. I set aside basically $700 a month from cash flow to buy my next thing, which was going to be a Tesla truck as soon as they're ever available. Like the Um, Cybertruck or whatever they call that thing? Yeah. You and my wife, she already put the deposit down. She wants to I put the deposit down too. Yeah. Yeah, She's a little Asian lady. She's going to be in a Cybertruck. It's like, honey, that's not going to work. I mean, that's going to look weird. Uh, I think she'll be perfect. I think she'll be perfect. perfect. I'll drive drive mine down there. We'll take pictures side by side. There you go. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) She still um, wants it too. She, she just talked about it the other days. I've, no, I, it's, it's really cool. And I was very entertained when Elon Musk was giving the demonstration and look, hey, it's bulletproof. They shoot with a nine millimeter, no problem. And then they break the window, the unbreakable window twice. They yeah, exactly. Twice. Whoops, um, how did that happen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm with him though. It it broke, but it didn't shatter. Yeah, like, no. It stopped I, the thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm still one to buy one. Oh yeah. And, and the, the second part of insane for me right now is it feels like anybody I'm trying to bring along to this financial freedom point, it's dragging them kicking and screaming. I know. I can't house hack. I can't. I've had people say, I can't save it. I'm like, you can't take a dollar and put it in a drawer every month, just $1 that you don't touch. Well, I could do that. Well, then you can save. Now you have a number. Now you improve it. Is it yeah. $5, $10, $20? What is your starting point? So that, Because if it isn't measured, it can't be improved. So I you start measuring it. And yeah. And then there's people in your comments that go, that's not true. There's no way in 10 years you went from debt to financial freedom. And I'm like, here's the county records. Yeah, here's my tax returns. Like, this is what's happening. Um, it's like people want to find a way to say this can't happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to do. All we can do is keep showing up, keep talking weekly. Uh, eventually it'll come. I built the how to get started one rental at a time. My exact process. And I can say now that thousands of people are doing it. But there's tens of thousands of people that should be. It's it's a straightforward process, buy box deal. It's not sugary. It's not warm and fuzzy. It's like, no, this is the path. You could argue with me and stay at the bottom, or you could get on the freaking path. I don't I don't get it. Yeah, kicking and screaming is right. It's it does get a little frustrating sometimes. Yeah, I've I have friends and I purchased a duplex in May and some of them are investors and they said, I never would have bought that duplex. Prices are too high. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, here's my return. Yeah. I've done the bonder strategy. Taxes are, or rents are where I expected them to be. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better than a 10% return. And they go, oh, I, I totally would have bought that deal. Well, you wouldn't have bought it when you saw it. Yeah. I have my friend who's closing on her duplex who you're going to send a card I to. Um, I think she's signing on some middle of next week. 
so posing happy. Props. I'm so happy. She's paying 555,000 for a duplex that's right down the street from where I paid 298,000 for my duplex. And we talked about this in a video last week. Her return is better than mine. People, so many people that I give the numbers to this. Oh, that's if you paid that much, I would never pay almost twice. Well, her rents are over twice. Yeah. Um, so you have to pay attention to the whole picture. Yeah, yield. It's the, it's the yield. I mean, I don't know why people don't get that. They think price, unit count, this, that. No, it's yield. How hard is my money working? That's all. I will buy the asset where my money works so hard. It's a duplex, fine. If it's a 100-unit building, fine. If it's a house, fine. I don't argue. The numbers are the numbers. And, and to, be, to be fair, to, to you know, say, I understand this because I'm doing this. But, you know, my friend, this is her first purchase. <laughs> Should I share this? I'm going to share this. The, one of the reasons why she was able to pull the trigger is I looked at the deal, she looked at the deal, and I said, okay, you should buy this deal. And she said, that's a lot of money. And I said, okay, great, you buy the deal. And if you don't like it, when you're done, I'll buy it from you for exactly the amount of money you have into it. I've done that. Yep. And so she now that she sees the, re, like, the return, she hasn't even signed closing docs yet. She sees the rent, she sees what her monthly payment's gonna be after a gap month. And she's gonna be, she said, I'm making money. Like I'm profiting one yeah. month into owning this. And I said, you're right, congratulations. Congratulations. So, Welcome, right. welcome to Financial Freedom Path. One, one step, one rental at a time, baby. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, this has been so much fun. And yeah, we, folks, we're going to drag you kicking and screaming every week. You can, uh, you can fight it. You can argue with it. But we're just going to keep showing up. So, Dion, uh, where, do you, where do you talk? What's your channel? Right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom. I'm pretty active in the Bigger Pockets Facebook groups. Real Estate Rookie, the official Bigger Pockets Facebook group. I try to answer every question that comes my way. That is awesome. You do a great job with that. And again, you do a live stream every Tuesday, right? Tuesday evenings. Yep. For the people who can't make the weekend ones. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Dio. Ciao.